0: Hey everyone, my name is Bassam Zahid and welcome to episode 18, the season finale of This Meharian Life, the podcast where we interview Meharian students, faculty, administrators and alumni and showcase our school's diverse contribution to the history of American medicine. Now that we're at the last episode of the season, I have a confession to make. This entire year, I've looked at this podcast project as a love letter to Meharian Medical College. It's been my way to honor the tremendous people who have worked and served here to celebrate the leaders and pioneers that teach and train here. And over the past five months, I've had the great pleasure of interviewing an amazing group of people. They became successful not just from their own talent and skill, but because they also took the time to elevate those around them. Secretly, I wanted to use this podcast as an opportunity to learn about ambition and leadership, to sit directly across from these doctors and hear their stories. While at Meharry, I watched some of them during my clerkships. I noticed their different styles and the way they commanded a room or talked to their staff. And it got me curious. How did these doctors, dentists, and administrators become the leaders they are? How do they inspire those around them? What is their philosophy on leadership? Most importantly, what can we learn from them? As healthcare rapidly changes, and as we talk about the stagnation of African-American physicians, as we talk about underserved care, And as we talk about innovation and creativity and entrepreneurship, it's clear to me that Mehari needs to train not just providers, but leaders as well. We have a unique vantage point in medicine, a notion that I have tried my best to illustrate this season. So every chance I had, I asked the interviews about their philosophy on leadership. And one of the most interesting things I discovered was that people had a wide spectrum of thoughts on the subject. They were different, yet for each of these individuals, they were effective. There are different paths available to all of us, and as a collection, their insights provide a valuable tool for us to learn from. The first thing that becomes apparent is that there's a consensus that the best leaders are servants first. In fact, it's in the Mahari motto, worship of God through service of mankind. Here's Dr. Trope Sims, professor in the Department of Pediatrics.
1: A leader has to be a servant first, and they have to realize they don't know everything and that you want to have buy-in from all of the people that you're working with because an idea that they may come up with may be the the unique thing that you need to do. One of the ultimate
0: servants at Mehari, president and CEO of Mehari Medical College, Dr. James Hildreth agrees.
2: Leadership means service. My job is to facilitate the success of others. And what that means is, when I sit in this, this chair, it's not about James Hildreth anymore, it's about Meharry Medical College. And everything I do, if I, I approach the job correctly, is to serve the needs of the institution and all the people who are part of it. So from my point of view, leaders are servants, and their job is to facilitate the success and growth of the people around them.
0: Beyond service... Another characteristic of a leader echoed among the interviewees was the belief that leaders must listen. Dr. Sheree Farmer-Dixon, dean of the dental school, put it aptly.
3: A good leader to me communicates well and listens well. Something that my father would always say is, because I like to talk, and so he would say, Sheree, sometimes just sit and listen. Do More listening and less talking, and you'll be amazed how much you can learn. But I think when you listen, you appreciate people for who they are and realize that everyone has an opinion, and that opinion is important because they have given it. You may not agree with it, but value that that is their opinion. Every person has a value.
0: The dean of the medical school, Dr. Veronica Mallett, expanded on listening, emphasizing that being open to new ideas is critical.
1: The other piece of leadership that I pride myself on is that I'm willing to listen. And my team will tell you that I, I am a surgeon. I will make up my mind quickly. But if I'm presented new information, I will change my mind. Or if you present me an argument of why things, I should go a different way. I think that is also a good leadership trait.
0: After listening in service, there's a wide range of characteristics that go into leadership. For example, Dr. Gerald Davis, assistant professor and then assistant dean at the School of Dentistry, believes leadership means commitment. And this is by
3: Arthur Unknown, but commitment is doing the thing you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. And when I heard that, that just kind of blew my mind. I think that that's where the leader is. The the leader is the person who said, I'm going to keep doing this.
0: For Dr. Millard Collins, chair of the Department of Family Medicine,
2: a leader needs to be authentic. The the very best leaders are those who, it's a poem, but who live their creed. You know, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one come walk with me than just to show the way. The very best of leaders are those who actually practice what they preach. They avoid the perils of hypocrisy because once you get labeled or exposed as as a fraud or fake and phony, I think you lose the effectiveness. So the most effective leaders were those who lived their creeds. Uh, One of the best lessons I got from a leader was a true leader is one who takes the bulk of the blame when things go wrong and the least amount of credit when things go right. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And for Dr. Lemuel Dent, Chief Medical Officer of Nashville General Hospital and Associate Professor of Surgery, you have to be willing to work hard and be dedicated to be a leader.
1: One of the things that helps if you find something you're passionate about, a cause that you want to make better, and you just get in there and start working. You work and you learn and then you can direct others. Uh, Pretty soon you find yourself a leader.
0: Right?
1: Yeah, it it just happens. Mm -hmm. There's no magic formula for it.
0: So you might be checking these off in your head. You're passionate, real, and committed. You're a pretty good listener, and you want to serve others. But what does it take to become an even better leader? Dr. Fatima Lima, Dean of the School of Graduate Studies and Research, breaks down her three-step plan.
4: A leader has to have a vision and has to know why they wake up every morning, right? I just told you a couple of reasons I wake up every morning, right? Because if you don't know, If somebody's always telling you what to do, or you're following someone, it gets old quick. So you have to have your own compass.
0: But before we go to number two, Dr. Mallet, Dean of the School of Medicine, has an important point to make about vision.
1: A vision without a plan is more like a
5: hallucination.
0: Okay, got it. If I don't want to seem like I'm tripping, then vision needs a plan. All right, let's get back to Dr. Lima.
4: Second, you have to be able to talk to people, inspire them to actually do the work, because nine out of 10 times, you're actually not doing it yourself. And I think the third quality of a good leader is the one that listens, which is the hardest, because mm-hmm. we all like to talk.
0: So once again, we're back at listening. When I asked President Hildreth how one can become a better leader, he also couldn't help but reemphasize its importance.
2: By listening and by learning because I think I shared with you before that, and I just thank my mother for this wonderful gift, of knowing that everything that you experience and every person that you meet can teach you something. But you got to be open to mm-hmm. what those lessons are. And uh, I know for a fact that there are some leaders in uh, large industries who look for people who've tried some things and failed, but they want to make sure that those individuals learn something from those failings. Right. And so for me, that's that's what I try to do. I try to listen. I try to learn. I try to do that every single day.
0: This is all well and good. Have a vision with a plan. Be inspirational. And of course, listen. But what if you're on the fence? What if you don't know if you have the intangibles to be a leader? We have to ask the question, are leaders born? Or are they made? Dr. Bill Bates, professor of obstetrics and gynecology, adheres to nature.
4: It's a very difficult question. I think there's one something innate about it. I think the ability to be able to influence another person is the beginnings of leadership. That doesn't mean coercion. It does not mean uh, bullying, but it means presenting an idea that someone else buys into. And then by expanding that idea, one can become two, and two can become four, and leadership becomes a geometric progression. I think all the while that you're cast into a leadership role, you need to turn around and look, are people really following what you're doing?
0: While Dr. Lemuel Dennett believes in nurture.
4: I I tend to think they're made.
1: You find yourself in a situation where things need to get done, and you find a way to get them done, and that makes you a leader. Mm
0: -hmm reassuringly, he also feels that we all have the potential to lead.
1: There are a couple of things that go into leadership. One is this business about excellence, which I'll repeat again, mm-hmm. being excellent at what you do, integrity, setting the example. So I think yeah. all of us can be leaders. I don't think that there's you know, a particular kind of person or, or a particular job or whatever that makes you a leader. I think everyone you know, can be a leader.
0: Okay, so leaders can be born or made, depending on your perspective. It's nature or nurture. But Dr. Bates brought up a really good point. How do you get people to buy in and follow you? Perhaps one of the best ways is establishing a high standard of rapport and respect between you and your team. Beyond the objectives you're trying to achieve, how you treat the people around you and the expectations you have for their improvement is paramount. Here's Dr. Dexter Samuels, Senior Vice President for Student Affairs, talking about a brilliant guideline he uses to maintain a high-functioning, motivated
3: team. Uh, Leadership is, to me, about leaving uh, the place that you work in a better place for the betterment not for yourself, for others, uh, and making sure that uh, you pass on your knowledge uh, to individuals. And so, uh, to me, everybody that works with me uh, has to have a professional development plan Uh, I want to make sure that they progress uh, in their career. Uh, I always say to the staff, if they've been in their job for more than five years, I'm not doing something right. So it's about promoting those individuals.
0: And here's Dr. Billy Ballard, chair and professor in the Department of Pathology,
4: speaking about kindness and respect. I think it's it's being fair and trying to do whatever you can to to advance the people that you work Mm -hmm. with you and uh, respect, you know, we all have goals and objectives and all those kind of things. But the the more you work with those people, the more you respect them and you, the more you uh, uh, appreciate what they do, the, the harder they work for you. But if you treat people well, people will work for you and they will do everything they can. You can't You can't demand it. Mm-hmm. If you demand it, they will do what they have to do. But they'll stop at that point. But if you treat them as a colleague, Then they will will work with you and help you to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm.
0: Finally, here's Dr. Monique Betterman, director of the Internal Medicine Clerkship, who put it simply but perfectly.
5: So my philosophy as a leader is never ask anything of my troops that I haven't done or that I will not be willing to do.
0: Does this sound easy yet? Obviously, being a leader is a lot harder than it looks. There are so many moving parts to keep track of. And of course, the haters are inevitable. Here's Dr. Samuels again.
3: You're going to have people that are going to work against you Uh, in leadership. You're going to have people that don't see eye to eye with you and are going to work to ensure that you are not successful. Uh, You're going to have different factions that can make it very difficult for you to succeed. But again, you have to stay centrally focused on why you are here. Uh, You have to be myopic. You you, You can't see things uh, through all lenses. Uh, again, you have to be focused on the mission of the institution, what's going to be best for the institution. And then again, it's always for me, what legacy you're going to leave.
0: And some will complain about the choices you make. Dr. Beneman talks about how to deal with that.
5: And be happy with the decisions that you make. Some decisions that I make aren't always nice or good, quote unquote, good. They are very difficult sometimes. But as a leader, you have to be able to say you made the best decision that you could at that time in that situation.
0: So leadership is challenging, especially because you have to be accountable. According to Dr. Edward Hills, professor of OBGYN, the difference between the
5: leaders and the complainers is execution. If you see something that needs to be done, then that means that it's your responsibility to do something about it. Because, you know, it's, it's not enough to to notice things, to complain about it, not not work at it.
0: As you can see, there are no easy passes here. You have to remember, I'm talking to some docs who trained before there were wellness committees, weekly work hour limits, or such a thing as resident or student rights. Some of them cut their teeth in a time of blatant racism and sexism. These docs are forged from the same metals that built Wakanda. That stuff, that fortitude, is flowing through their blood. And when I asked Dr. Hills if he ever got tired of being a leader he gave me a definite yes. For him, there needs to be a certain self-awareness, an ability to calm the ego, and a willingness to pass the baton to a new generation.
5: I think that that if you are a good leader uh, or executive, whatever, there's come a time when you have to look backwards at things you've accomplished and look forward at giving other people opportunities and knowing that uh, it's now time for somebody else mm-hmm. to show... But they can do because no, no matter who you are, you know, you do. You, you are stuck in a certain time warp or time frame. And it is time. And one should also recognize when there's time to allow for other leadership. So, yes, I think that there is a, a, always a time that a leader does have to be willing to and, re- and recognize when it's time to, to welcome the leadership. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So we've gotten a lot of information about leadership in a short amount of time. Let's summarize some key points. Dr. Samuels, Senior VP of Student Affairs, emphasizes that leadership is about the mission and helping others.
3: You know, there's, there's, there's a couple things. One, it's not a popularity contest. Uh, that's one thing that people should, should realize. If you're a leader, it's not about looking good. It's about doing the right thing for the mission that you're serving. Uh, and again, it's about helping people. I've always felt, and it's always been my philosophy, it's not about me, it's about others. Good things will come if I do good things for other people.
0: And Dr. Bates believes that everything comes from a person's inner strength. It comes from how much they believe in themselves.
4: I think that's part of leadership is Mm self-confidence. And I think if you don't have the confidence, you're not going to be a leader because people will not follow someone who's tentative. You can ask questions. You can be reserved. But... You can't, once you make a decision, you gotta stand by that decision until you know that it's not the right one. Then you have to be willing to change it. In addition
0: to all that, leadership means being a servant, a listener, a visionary. It means being passionate, committed, and authentic. It requires team building, staying mission driven, and dealing with the naysayers. It's about being accountable, decisive, and confident. Ultimately, leadership is an ongoing evolution. Whenever I find myself facing a challenge, whenever I fall short of a goal, and whenever I don't inspire my team the way I had hoped, I have to remind myself that leaders like Barack Obama and Martin Luther King were not the same leaders at the start of their careers as they were at the end. And famously, Malcolm X made a dramatic shift in philosophy and leadership throughout his life. It's okay to make mistakes as you try to develop your leadership style. Just be willing to apologize and learn from the experiences. Throughout my four years at Meharry, Many people can attest that I had my fair share of slip ups. I'm just grateful that Mahari provided a supportive and nurturing environment for me to make these mistakes. I want to thank everyone from the students, to the faculty, to the administration, who tolerated my, let's call them my unorthodox ways. And for the students still at Meharry, especially for those entering as the class of 2022, I hope you realize that you're literally standing on the shoulders of giants. You will literally be learning from them. The faculty and administration of the school that worked their entire careers to make these opportunities possible for the next generation. I also hope you realize that leadership can take many forms. It doesn't have to necessarily be leading an extracurricular group. It could be anything from tutoring high school students, volunteering for a senator, writing a book, and yes, even trying something creative like starting a podcast. Just make sure that you have a cause or a passion, something you stand for. A purpose. Then, the most important thing is to take a chance on yourself. Try something that's never been done before. Stand out. I always like to tell people that everyone has million-dollar ideas. However, the difference between those who have and those who don't is execution. The healthcare system needs the people of Meharry, from students to faculty to alumni, to step up and execute. We can make no more excuses. And if you're still lacking that confidence, Dr. Lima is here to tell you that you have no choice. I asked her, what do you do if you're feeling tentative?
4: Uh, Grow a spine, become bold, because the world is not for the weak. You know, either you are at lunch or you are lunch.
0: There you have it. I hope you're hungry, because it's time to eat. I want to give a special thank you to everyone who made this podcast possible. First, this project would not exist without Dr. Dexter Samuels, who believed in the idea when I pitched it and helped facilitate the steps to make it a reality. Next, the team at the Office of Communications and Marketing deserve a lot of credit for giving me the guidance, platform, and freedom to learn how to create the podcast on the fly. Specifically, Ken Morris, Lucius Pattenon, and Shirlene Fry gave me a lot of encouragement and I'm grateful for their help. I also want to thank all of the guests and co-hosts I've had over the season, It was a remarkable experience, sitting with the best Meharry has to offer, and learning directly from them. Everyone involved has had very busy schedules, and I'm grateful that they made the time to share their wisdom. Finally, I want to thank you, the listeners. As I mentioned in the previous episode, none of this could be possible without the support and feedback we received from you. And if you're interested in my other projects, or want to learn more about me, check out my website at www.basamzahid.com you can contact me and find my social media accounts from there. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mary.